1: Anything you need a little update? It's the same, uh, five songs very, every night, dude. I was just Come about on. to say that. Wait, what's next, OPP? <laughs> <laughs> is there a list of songs I, I you have it, to play? I, no, well, yeah, yes, there is. There's a thing we load. Is These the list the consist of nine songs? No, there's, it's not necessarily a list. I just load from this particular thing, and it rotates on its own. Can you, and uh, as soon as I loaded it late, because I loaded sure. it just as we were coming back, and I realized it was Lenny Kravitz. Sorry, what's, and, uh, like, is there a button you can push that just automates the next one? Or do you actually manually pick which ones out of a list? I I can play it in. I can play with the fader down, but unfortunately, that signals to the app that we're coming back, and they'll uh, hear and what we're messes up the app. Yes, it messes right. up the app. All right, so we've taken technology so, and made things harder, no. well, as opposed yeah. to using technology to make things easier. Like, oh, it makes it real easy days, to play the same nine songs over and over. You can play here. any song you want. Don't matter what we're doing. The app doesn't pick it up. Doesn't understand it. We do what we do. <laughs> uh, but no. Feel free to you know, mess things up with new technology. Not you. I'm just saying. You I understand. Know, Spike. <laughs> 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 oh, it's funny. Here's uh, Justin and Glenhead. Justin, you're on the fan. Carton and Roberts. What's good, Cookie?
2: Hey, what's up, guys? Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Great,
1: you too. Yeah. So I, uh,
2: I, I, I got the right guys for the job for the Jets. <laughs> or the,
1: the best, the best candidate. I, I got know. an idea. Daniel Jones and Mike Kafka. Was that your idea? I'm just kidding. What? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, are you just kidding? <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. If we're starting with the OC, i say take a guy that was 39 wins and 9 losses the last three years as the coordinator, and that would be Nathaniel Hackett. He wasn't a good head coach. Yeah, but you can't sell Nathaniel Hackett to the Jet fan base, I can not think. I can't. No, Justin, it's a good well, idea. I can because here's the problem, Craig. You got to do us a favor, and every listener listening has to do us all favors. His coaching in Denver means nothing because Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars when they made Blake Bortles look Good. Does that not make a good case to you? I think there's going to be a recency <laughs> bias against him, but I hear you saying. And and,
0: and
2: here's the other thing. If you, if you get him, I mean, he's got a proven track record. You know, he had a rough run with the Bills, yeah. you know, but then he went to Jacksonville, uh, did great, and went to, uh, you know. Green Bay. Whole, with Green Bay, and, and and look what he did. You know, and here's the other thing. He's, you know, why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers consider the Jets if he's the coordinator?
1: I I don't know. know. It's fair because there's a connection, and I think whenever we do this, we look for connections. We try to find those connections. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would say, get me the Jets for Nathaniel Hackett, but I think you make a really good case that Nathaniel Hackett is a proven offensive coordinator with a track record, and that's what I want. Lafleur had no track record. The Jets were taking a gamble on a very young, inexperienced coaching staff. What Brian Dayball did so brilliantly... And it's fair to work the Giants in a lot because they're actually playing a game on Sunday. They made the postseason, and one of the reasons they made the postseason is because Brian Dable put together a kick-ass staff. Wink Martindale being on that well, staff Wink matters. Is the key. All due respect to everything else, getting Wink Martindale to take the same job he had there to come here has been a godsend for him. Well and that's For a lot of point. reasons. Credibility, C- right. years in the league. Nathaniel yeah. Hackett, I, I know it's tough to look past the coaching, but I'm not asking him to be a head coach. He has a track record as a successful offensive coordinator. To me, that's the priority I'd have in the job. Okay. Not what they did. What they did as a head coach means nothing. So then you'd have to consider Cliff Kingsbury, too? Yeah, I'd consider him. Right? I mean, he may not be your guy. I, I respect that. But of course. if we're going to start looking at failed head coaches who were really good as offensive, forget about defense, as offensive coordinators, but then you got to look at all of them. North Turner was a great offensive coordinator. Yeah, he terrible head coach. Terrible great great head coach. Yeah, I'm with you on I that. I mean, this list goes on and on. Buddy Ryan, same thing. Like, we can't be bogged down by, oh, but the guy was a terrible coach. Well, he's not going to be the head coach. I want someone who knows what the hell they're doing. Is that a fair quality to uh, I will. T- I'll tell you one other thing, and you can uh, fact check me on this. Uh, I didn't realize, I don't know why I forgot that he was with the Jaguars. That means that Hackett and Sala were both with the Jaguars at the same time. Very good point. So, so I would assume, a, yeah. you have to assume, listen, someone in Centrist, they all know each other anyway. But I would think that means that Sala at least worked with him for a short period of time, right? Yeah, a lot of this is do you have a connection with the guy. But keep this in mind. Go ahead. And correct me if I'm wrong here because you got to go down the tree, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I don't think Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale had any relationship before Brian Dayball hired. That I don't know. No, I'm pretty confident about it. Okay. And that just shows you that while relationships matter, you need the best guy for the job. I mean, that's all that should matter. Who's the best available guy to lead an offense with young, stud-wide receivers and a new veteran quarterback? That's the only guy I want. So we we look for connections because they matter, so we have to if we're doing our homework— But Brian Dable, let him be a roadmap here. He hired a defensive coordinator. I don't even think it was his first choice, right? He wanted to keep Patrick Graham, which would have been a mistake, but fine. Sometimes the best choice you make isn't your your first choice. Craig knows a thing or two about that. (laughs) Ah, Why don't we uh, call Matt Nagy up? Didn't he run the Chiefs' offense for a couple years? He's back with Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he's like not a, the O.C. He's not. He's like the quarterback's coach now, or something. The, and here's the the beauty. These guys are all making buku bucks for the team that fired him. You know, like Nathaniel Hackett's making $4 million a year for three more years. Right. You know, so obviously it's not even about the money. It's about does a guy want to sit home with his family? They probably don't. That's not the lifestyle of a coach. Or does a guy want to get right back in ASAP so that he becomes – relevant again for another future job. I have a crazy idea and I'm half joking. You do what you got to do. You know who would be perfect and he should take the job? Eric Enemy. Now, why would he do that? He's the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. But he doesn't get the call plays in Kansas City. (laughs) Exactly. And it seems like his success as the OC in Kansas City, unfortunately, has not led to a head coaching job. Well, Eric, I got news for you. If somehow the New York Jets have a top five offense, and you pull off that miracle, people will be knocking your door down, begging you. But then you got a question, like, what does he really do there if Andy Reid calls all the plays? What what did uh, Nagy do there? Uh, It's a good question. I don't know. You just brought him up. I know, but I don't know the answer. To that question. No, and just, as you're saying it, I'm saying to myself, I just said Nagy. Yeah, you just said Nagy. I don't know. I don't think he called any plays either. So, Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator there. And again, don't care what he did in what, Chicago. What year was he there? 15. Uh, 17. So, 15 to 17, something like that? Yeah, in that range. Yeah. I don't know. There's a part of me that also thinks, you know, I'm usually against the same old, same old. I usually like, like, new blood, uh, new way of doing things, a younger way of doing things sometimes. They just tried that, though. I know, but I kind of want... I don't know if I want to go old school. I don't know. But they just tried new school. How'd it work? Yeah, but I don't know how much that's LaFleur and how much that was Zach, to be fair. Because no, but- I saw Mike White and Joe Flacco, you know, have 300-yard games and look competent. So Mike LaFleur didn't deserve to be fired. You can make that point if you'd like. I don't know if he deserved to be fired. He deserved part of the blame. Yes. Part, part of, of the blame, yeah. I'll give he you didn't that deserve sure. all of the blame. No. Zach Wilson was atrocious. Because what I'd like to do, and I'm sure the Jets did this, and this is why he got fired, so I'll give the Jets the benefit of the doubt. I guarantee you they went back and watched every single offensive play, and they probably did a little, uh, you know, uh, a little ledger. Zach's fault, Mike's fault, Joe's fault, LaFleur's fault. Right. Right? And said, so, okay, let's look at every play. Uh, you know, what, were there guys wide open that the quarterback missed, that the offensive line didn't protect? Like, things that are outside the scope of making a game plan. Yeah. You know, obviously, when they did that, there were too many little notches in the LaFleur column. I'll give you another one, and I think this really damaged him. Garrett Wilson said something after the season ended. He said... Quote, it seemed like opposing defenses had an idea of what we were trying to do. Yeah, I can tell you what it was, because we saw two run, run, pass, punt. So Garrett Wilson, without being a complete jerk, was basically telling you, yeah, "Yeah, the O.C. was terrible. Yeah, we're going to run the ball for a yard. We're going to run the ball for two yards. I'm going to run some type of dig route or a six-yard out route. Mm -hmm. And uh, our quarterback's going to be scrambling all over the place. And once in a while, he's going to find me. If your players don't believe in you, you're in trouble. Well, once you lose the locker room, you're dead. It sounded right? as if some guys in that chat locker room started to realize this guy's not very good. By the way, tell It's you- not all his fault, though. I agree with you. It's not. He, yeah. uh, he takes some blame. He's the OC. Now he's gone. That's why. Well, I want him to take yes. the blame and Zach Wilson to take the blame. Yeah. They should both be gone. One day, uh, gone. it won't happen until he's retired. So we got to wait 40 more years. He'll tell the true story. We'll find out the truth in your your kid's lifetime. They'll know the truth. The true story of what? By the way, Tiki Barbers, uh, let's just say, everyone, I'm going to make this public. Tiki Barber's trying hard to play a prank. And I'm just I'm too I'm too smart for you, Teeks. And it's been all week long. I've let it go all week. But I will not let it go anymore. There is a orange coffee mug here in our studio. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in it, but it has been used as like some residue at the bottom. It is sitting on top of at least one, maybe two single dollar bills. Free money. Right? <laughs> I'm not, yeah, not going to be your Huckleberry. That is a setup. That's an embarrassing setup. He's trying to set you up? Well, it's not my money. Right. It's also not my mug. Right? Yeah. So why would somebody leave an empty mug sitting directly on top of cash? People stole your headphones like it was nothing. I know. And I'm I'm on to Tiki Barber. So you're not going to take the money? I'm not touching the mug. I'm not touching the money. You think he's trying to prove that you would just take $2 I if you found it? I think he's doing an experiment. <laughs> I think Tiki's leaving that there to see who takes it because his camera's in here. And whether you know it or not, they're on 24-7. So this room is being videotaped with audio 24-7. Interesting. So... That's a trap. <laughs> that's what that is. Do you think anyone else will fall for the trap? Because well, other people use so, the studio. So far, nobody has. Like Big Mac, I think, uses their studio. Lugie, too, for yeah, the Brit Show. my gut is that they don't even notice it. That's my gut. They're so focused on their Yankee love and Met love the last couple of days, yelling and screaming, <laughs> that uh, they don't even notice it. I'm yeah. also, I pick up on things most people don't pick up on. That, that, it's, that's a my gift. that it's a trap. That a trap. That, Evan, this setup right here. This right here is entrapment. What does it prove, though, if you take it? That you're a bad guy? I don't know. Something, yeah. That you need $2? Well, you know the definition of integrity, right? Yeah. Doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Right. That's one of the definitions that I work on integrity. But what would the right thing be with this scenario? Uh, What would you do? A station-wide email. Uh, Somebody left an orange mug and some money in the Carton and Roberts studio. Uh, It's where you left it. Please come get it. Yeah, but you are getting attention because you just sent a mass email. What do you mean attention? You just said when no one else sees you do it. No, no. everyone's seeing you integrity do it. Integrity is told, not taking the money. Yeah, but you, you also just told to- us you're under surveillance. You are while under you're in surveillance. No, no, so but, it's not really like no one's looking. Well, and People also when looking. you send out the email, you're looking for attention. Like, look at me. I'm telling you, this two dollars. No, that's separate. <laughs> integrity is me not taking it. Okay. Me being a great guy is me alerting the company that somebody you may hey, you may have forgotten you love you. And here's the other thing. If, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I, I'm going to imagine that I'm right in this. Mm-hmm. They know they're missing a mug. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't have ten mugs at work; you have like one mug. Right. You go to work. Your wife got your mug. You got a mug. You drink coffee. Where, the, where's my mug? Is there any? Oh shame? shoot, that's right. I left my mug in the studio. Does the mug say anything like "sexiest Why running back" touch or something? I have my like, fingerprints it? on it, but let me uh, take a look. Hold okay. On. I'm just curious. Does yes. it have a message? It is a Cinderella orange mug. Citarella orange mug. Yeah, now Cinderella at times brings uh free food in for the guys in the morning and you know frozen burger patties and stuff. From the morning. So maybe it's a Jerry Recco mug? I was about to say, maybe this is an Al Duke's or Jerry Recco setup. It's still a it's a tiki barber setup, is what it is. How's it tiki's though? It's not his mug. Tiki probably knows the Cinderella people. Oh, that's true. Okay. I don't know. So it still could be his mug. Why would you put the mug on top of money? Yeah. Could I, like do you leave money on the table like that? No change, maybe okay. No, not dollar dollar bills, y'all. I don't carry around money anymore, which is a problem. I'm not touching it. I also think it might be booby trapped with like <laughs> something that gives you a rash. Does it smell from the coffee? Well, so I've been eating uh, bottle caps, so I couldn't smell it anyway. Oh, why would eating bottle caps cause you to not? Because it you messes up your uh, your nose buds. Is that true? Yeah. Huh. Like while it's in your mouth. Huh. Like if you're eating an orange, could you smell coffee? No. So that means I don't have to hold it in today. Good to know. Thank you. No, no. Just while I'm eating the oh, bottle. Okay. Yeah, if you're gonna drop ass, you know, just give me some warning. I I'll haven't done that. You've done it to me multiple times. Hence I've, why had, even... I've had some kind of gas lately. I don't know if why, but I'm eating a lot of um, Far Eastern food this week, to the point where the architect's like, "Yo, like." Every couple weeks, so when you're crazy. <laughs> Take it easy. Yeah. And I've, I've hit every country. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you have I, a map in your office to try to point that yeah, out? No, I know, but it's a good idea. Like this week, I've hit every Far Eastern country uh, on the planet. Like I went <laughs> Thai, I went Filipino, I went Chinese, I went Japanese, I went Vietnamese. I got them all. <laughs> I'm having a Let good it week. Cute. It's like a road trip. I had glass noodles. <laughs> I had soba noodles. I had udon noodles. I had ramen noodles. I'm noodled out. Nice. And you really haven't cut too much smell in the last couple of days. I haven't oh, noticed. I've it. been gassing at my pants, something Have ter- you? Oh, yeah. I haven't noticed. I, like, that says, I don't want to be uh, disgusting, but it got so bad, I got a hole in the, <laughs> in the back of the underwear. You ever do that? Like let one rip and then go get undressed like what I really let one rip. Where there's a hole? No, that's never happened to me. I've seen remnants. That's happened. No, I'm not a remnant guy, whole guy. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. Here's uh yeah? All right. Rob's in Jersey on the fan. Bobby, what's good?
2: Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Big fan. Thank you. Uh Jimmy G for the Jets is a home run. Because, I mean, which guy? guy? Has- I'm he sorry, which before. guy? <clears throat> Jimmy G for yeah. the Jets.
1: And we, by the way, we call him Jimmy Garops.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm a Niners fan. So, no, the, all right. <laughs> Evan's is dead wrong. He's always hurt. Yes, I understand that. But Let me 19, ask you a question,
1: Rob. You're a diehard San yes. Francisco Forty Nineer fan. Would you rather yep. keep Jimmy Garops or Brock Purdy today? Yeah.
2: His age, Brock Purdy, never Trey Lance. That was a waste of time. Oh, that's I fine. Jimmy G should have stayed in the first place. Uh, and today, I think it's the same mold. So Purdy's going to excel as of now, but is going to go. It's not because of the injury. I don't want him to leave. I think it's just age and time. It is what it is at this point. If this kid goes on a run to the Super Bowl, how do you let him go? It's You can't
1: replace him. Yeah, he's on a magical and, run right now for sure. And I'd have, if you told me Jimmy Garoppolo comes here, I'm down with it. There's probably some better options. you yeah, got to kick what, the tires on first, though. What am I wrong about? Because maybe I am.
2: No, yeah. Listen, I, I understand you said he's always injured, right? But he is. At what, some point, it's got to be bad luck or as opposed to injury. In 19, he plays a full season They go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. 19, yeah. Last year, he's fine. They get an NFC Championship game. He tore his knee up. Bad luck. He gets hurt, breaks his foot. I mean, bad luck, really. I mean, it's not like he's pulling obliques or calves or hamstrings and he's missing six weeks. It, you're he's still, though,
1: but, but Rob, like, you're right that some injuries are bad luck. But I'm going to give you an example where I rip my own guy. Kevin Durant had bad luck last week. A guy yeah, fell Jimmy into his neck. Jimmy Butler knee. Uh, accidentally fell into his neck. It was bad luck, right? Yeah. Kevin Durant is injury prone. Yes, Look, he is. I just said it. You want to know why? Because he gets hurt every year. Achilles. Three knee, consecutive knee. years, really four. He's had an injury. Now, I could argue that the last two have been bad luck. It doesn't matter. Nope. He got hurt because you know so, what the best kind of ability is, don't you? Availability. Thank you, Evan. So when you say someone's injury prone, I know some people take that as a slight. If I'm slighting Kevin Durant, I'm sorry. I'm just giving you the fact that be a slight. You either get injured a lot or you don't. Well, because, whether it's you're doing or you know terrible, sad mistakes. But correct, not everybody gets hurt every. That's year. what our last caller was differentiating with yeah. with Jimmy Garoppolo. It doesn't matter how he got hurt. He gets hurt every year. It doesn't matter that it happens to be a man falling into his leg. Durant misses a month every year. I expect it. But well, well, with wait, the you, quarterback, sorry. I don't want to expect it because it means who's playing. Yeah, which is why if you told me you leaned Derek Carr over Jimmy Garops, I was older. I, do, I got no problem with that. I do, and the tiebreaker is that. That Derek Carr has more of a... Now, I know he missed the playoffs, that MVP year he was having five years ago. But in totality, I give the edge to Derek Carr because of availability. That's the one big knock on Lamar. But the reason I would still take the risk with Lamar is that I see a franchise quarterback who's 26. I'm willing to take the risks of injury-prone because I have a chance to get a guy who's on a talent level like that. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. You get an NFL MVP in his prime... I mean, you go lock that guy up. That's not even up for debate. But injury-prone, like if I was going to rank the guys, I don't want to do that today because it's not fair to Giant fans. I mean, there you you want to juggle the top two or three? That's fair, I guess. Sure, because you're going for a short-term fix with some of the guys. A guy like Lamar is a long-term. He's a solution. long-term thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, then it just then it just depends. Are you, what kind of business are you in as a fan? Are you in the long-term solution business right now? Or you in, I want it now, daddy. Both. Yeah, well. No, on both. I mean, one, Lamar Jackson's They both give you a chance to win right now. One guy gives you a chance to continue to win. Yeah. One guy doesn't. Well, the tiebreaker is the continuing to yeah. win. Yeah. But people take, and our last caller did, and I, I understand it, but I disagree with it, they take injury prone as like this mean slight. I think players take it that way, too. No, I know they do. I'm just describing what's happening. Like if you said to Kevin Durant, Hey man, you're one of the greatest players of all time. It's too bad you're injury prone. He gets I bet you he'd be upset by it. And that. I understand that, but the point yeah. is, Kevin Durant gets hurt every year. I said this before, maybe not with you, because we don't talk nets. I know Kevin Durant's gonna miss a month. I've said it. Yeah. Not because of Robert Titus, no, because he does. Yeah. Because he has. And so Jimmy Garoppolo is very similar, just not as good as Kevin Durant. And that is, I expect him to miss time. So you better have a backup that you trust. You know who I don't trust? Zach Wilson. Yeah, well, I think that's become universal now. I don't think you have to argue that point anymore. Like I don't think there's a jet friend out there going, well, you know, if you just bring in a great offensive coordinator, you're gonna see the best. I don't think anyone buys that. Oh, anymore. there are. No, you're right. You wrong. think there's still yep. truthers out there? Yes. Wow, you gotta be some type of lunatic to think that the solution for the Jets is the great pick whoever you think the greatest quarterback guru of all time is that's alive and available. And if you, you think know that guy came here, Zach Wilson's as good as any one of the five guys most likely to you come here, know you're wh- crazy. You know what they're going to say? Uh-huh. I can tell you their opinion right now. You want to hear it? Go. He still has the potential of a number two overall pick, which is a franchise quarterback. They will then say... I don't think Derek Carr is, Jimmy Garoppolo is. Zach has a higher upside because, remember, we picked him number two and look at the raw talent he has. You put the right coordinator around him and you maximize your Dan Marino, your words, not mine, then isn't that a better option than a 31-year-old veteran? I don't agree with that. That's the point they'll make. And, by the way, I'll be clear. Why don't you go get that great offensive coordinator anyway, bring in the veteran quarterback – and while he's also winning games with a veteran quarterback, if on the little side he wants to help turn Zach Wilson into a better uh, viable backup, how about it? But I'm not bringing a guy in here that's not better than Zach Wilson. I mean that it. Yeah, that's not right. It's very difficult right. to realistically say there's a playoff mandate. And oh, by the way, Zach Wilson's the starting quarterback. That's right. hypocritical. Now, they're denying there's a playoff mandate. There is though. There has to be. There is. You don't get rid of your offensive coordinator. And I think Joe Douglas made the pull on it. I do. I think Robert Sala was told this is happening, you know, and you have to understand why. And he does. It's a lousy business for any type of longevity, you know, for most people. But listen, you got to do better. Gotta, and he doesn't get all the blame, but he certainly gets some of them. And think about this. Just historically, we ran Schottenheimer out of town after AFC championship game. Yes. Right? Yes. Because we really not like the play calling on first, second, or third and goal in an AFC championship game. Right. How could you possibly argue that Lafleur should stay after leading us to the 29th ranked offensive football? How many? Just think about that. How many? And this is not me trying to be a jerk or show what you know or don't know. It's more the epitome of the Jets. How many offensive coordinators can you name since Brian Schottenheimer was gone. Because they've had a lot. Probably not as many as we've had. I think they've had eight, if I'm not mistaken. I had six in my head. It's more than that. Twelve years? Wow. I mean, it's dysfunctional. Is that fair? And they've all been bad. And a part of it is not having the right talent. A part of it is not having the right head coach. And a part of it is that these guys specifically, with all due respect, if you remember the list of names, yeah. I don't think any of them are working in any kind of high-profile job right now. Yeah. Which wow. shows you that they were failures.
3: It- Selling a little or a lot.
1: Carton and Roberts on the fan. WFAN, WFAN FM, and WFAN.com. Unless you're in the Holland Tunnel because it's dirty in there. Or no, the that. Lincoln Tunnel. Outside of that, you got to just let it go sometimes. I was told that you are never supposed to lower your window when you're in a tunnel. That's in fact, correct. I will raise my window if they happen to be open as I'm going into it. Yeah, a tunnel. I do the same thing. I didn't say that. I don't Disgusting. know why. I do but I do it. It just seems like you should because who knows what the hell's down there, right? Yeah. I still don't understand the concept of the tunnel anyway. I'm a little confused. You don't by understand it. the concept? No, the concept I understand. I don't understand how they were built. Yeah, is that I will give you this. Yeah. In nineteen oh seven, we're sending like all this crap underwater, the East River, and building a road, keeping the water out, and then somehow getting that done where cars can safely drive through the East River. Yeah. That's insane. I agree with you. I'm so the concept of building that thing uh, fascinates me. Like, I, have you ever walked the Brooklyn Bridge? Have I have, enough? actually. Yeah, so you may just... have known it. I did it in front of 10,000 oh. people. Yeah, I don't know if you're God, aware of that. I I, yeah. that. I'm sorry. Twice. I knew you did it. And just... then I did it with my uh, kids dressed as well. Oh, did you? Several times. Uh-huh. No. What's yeah. the best part about walking the Brooklyn Bridge fully dressed? They give you a history lesson as you're walking across the bridge. Yeah. They show you how they built it. People died building the Brooklyn Bridge. Of course they did. But they show you how they did it, and you could say, wow, okay, I see it. How the hell did they build those tunnels? Like, seriously, yeah. I want to see a visual on how they did that. How'd they do that? Well, I mean, I know how they did it, How do it? it defies logic, though. How'd, so? they, how'd they do it? In uh, well, boats that... in the middle of the East River? Yes. And Don't they not. had, like, uh, those tunnel digging things. But I don't know how they kept it from collapsing on yeah, itself. it's in the water. I don't know how they keep the water pressure from collapsing it. Obviously, you probably have 10 foot of cement all the way around it. But still, I don't... The, the fact that the Holland Tunnel was built in 1927, Lincoln... I'd have to, I'm going to cheat. I got to look it up. It uh, was finished in 37. So 10 years later. I mean, we still had kind of rudimentary building skills. It was a no? long time ago. It was almost 100 years ago. I mean, we were basically, uh, you know... Like primitives. What's the first tunnel we ever built? Underwater, that is. Well, the Holland Tunnel was 27. But is that the oldest one? Well, one of the tunnel would have What's been first. What's the oldest underwater tunnel? But are you talking just New York are you in talking America. in this country? Not in the U.S. America. Oh, I don't know the answer No, to I'm that. curious. The I bet you Ches- probably a tunnel that was connected to one of the dams, right? Yeah. The Chesapeake I mean, That would make bait. sense to me. The Fifth Avenue North Tunnel in Birmingham was completed in 1909. So, I mean, not that long Uh, After, By the way, are you aware of the story of the the, uh, Alaskan landowner who uh, stumbled upon on his uh, 10,000 acres a small five-acre piece of land in Alaska that was littered with um, dinosaur bones and woolly mammoth bones? That's crazy. And he told the story that somebody came and took a lot of the bones and had nothing to do with them. Right, they didn't know they, they didn't want to storm, they didn't want to keep them, it was a pain in their ass. And the bones have been dumped uh, in New York City at 65th and essentially the FDR, but uh, on the river, so not on the FDR, 65th uh, East River. And if you go there, and obviously you need scuba gear now, <laughs> yeah. but uh, the story goes that there are there's millions of dollars worth and thousands of pounds of actual, no joke, legitimate. Uh, dinosaur and woolly mammoth bones that were dumped in the East River. So why aren't thousands of people in scuba gear? I'm gonna at guess at the that, bottom of the river yeah. trying to win get their get I their winnings. I'm gonna assume that people have gone like it's the gold like, rush. Know, like the NYPD has a scuba unit. Uh, at this point, they have to know about the story. Uh, the guy actually revealed the location on Joe Rogan's podcast. Wow! And other people have apparently confirmed that he is, he at least is a legitimate guy. And he does own this land in Alaska, and he does have prehistoric and woolly mammoth bones and whatnot. I'm, I'm so confused. He and they, didn't. He didn't dump it. Someone else did. Why they do that? I th- I think I I may bastardize the story, so I apologize. He bought the land, and as he learned more about the land, and his kids were playing on the land, they started finding all these bones and whatnot. And then at some point, he learned that others had taken all these bones and dumped them here in New York. Wow! Like maybe they brought them here for the museum. Yep. And they were leftover bones. And they're worth a lot. And the museum didn't know where or how to store them. Right. So they're like, eh, we'll just throw them into the river. Throw them into the river? Yeah. I'm not even making that up. I don't think a museum would ever do that. I think the guys called, you could Google it. Yeah. I I'm no, I'm Please it up. fact check, man. I'm going to fact check. I think it's like the Alaska land dump or something like that. You'll look it up. You'll find yeah, it. Yeah, I'm finding it. Mammoth expert reveals location of yeah. thousands of tusks. Yeah. Wow. East River, yeah, this uh, is from 65th last in the East River. So someone's had to have gone in the water. Okay, now, so it was dumped in the East River by yeah. the, you're right, the American Museum of Natural History yeah. in 1940. So there was a, they, they were building and putting together dinosaurs. These were leftover bones. So rather than hang on to the bones and preserve them for science and whatnot... They just threw them into the river. We wouldn't do that today. Now nah, like, that's to be not fair, something we're doing in 2023. Yeah, now here's the question though: If the bones have been in the bottom of the East River for 80 years, right. they've, they've probably eroded, right? Well, hold on a second. The bones were around for millions of years to begin with. Fair point. Well said. Yeah, so. like, the bones just showed up. The East River. I don't know. who knows what's. You no, know, obviously like. it's different being at the bottom of a river yeah. as compared to above ground and then buried underground. They would be petrified, and they probably could have withstood. I would you think know, so, You know, damage right? in the water, right? You're telling me you can't yeah. deal with millions of years first getting wet from rain and then right. eventually going underground? Or how about the ice age? Yeah. Right? So apparently each is worth around $20,000 a piece, and in total, you're right, it's worth potentially millions. Yeah. So when That's do you want to do it? Let's go. I mean, I, I'm a certified scuba. I'm in. So, uh, let's go. You want to wait till it's warmer or you want to do it now? I mean, you put on a wetsuit and you go. I agree. The problem go. is that you can't see more than probably like three feet. So, now you need a whole like light contraption. I don't know, have that stuff. How, I also don't have any scuba gear. Also, how deep is the East River? How deep do we got to go? Um, there are parts of the East River that are 60 feet deep. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, right? Can't we just have somebody else do it? <laughs> yeah, Well, then we don't get the money. No, no. You, pay, you, you contract with like a uh, you know, uh, 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 uh. scuba team. Now, here's the real question. Woolly mammoth tusks yeah. can go for around 20000 each, depending on the condition. I told you, I'm condition. not making it up. There are woolly mammoth tusks and prehistoric dinosaur bones in the East River. Wow. Yeah. Now, the real question is, does the city of New York own the contents of the bottom of the river? I don't know. It must, question. right? I think so, probably, yeah. I would think so, too. Yeah, I'm looking at where it's, at. right yeah. near 65th Street. So you yeah. got Roosevelt Island. Across the way is Astoria, but between Roosevelt Island and Manhattan... Around sixty fifth Street, that's apparently where all these bones would be. There you go. See, I'm not messing around, Evan. I didn't think you were messing around. Yeah, I didn't I, know the details of. You got. We got to get in touch with like the NYPD uh, dive crew because uh, they have you know a scuba team and get their asses underwater and let's go. Let's see what we got. And not that we want. I just want to see it. <laughs> like I'd, I'd be fascinated by that. It also tells you maybe the dinosaurs that are in the museum are a little forgery. No, well, that doesn't tell you that at yeah, all. It might tell you that they're they're <laughs> no, a little fugazi. Like, we're, like they got all these uh, extra dinosaur parts. Like, you ever put together a thing for your kids, and there's three extra screws? And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> where did where where these well, three screws go? I went to the museum. Because they don't give you extras. I went to the museum a year ago, and I was fascinated to find out, like, come on. This yeah. really can't be the actual dinosaur. And they tell you they take a little bit of liberty. You know, they, they made the bone. T- a bone from a different one. Yeah, or that yeah. One. But that's yeah. an idea of what the dinosaur probably looked like. Yeah. Which is amazing. It was millions of years ago, yet we know what it looked like. Well, do we though? Uh, I say so. Do we though? I lean towards yes. Okay. Well, hell not? Uh, yeah, listen, I'd rather believe than not believe, right? Or maybe you're better off not believing. I still don't know how they got that big blue whale in the front door. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't figured that one out. <laughs> now, that whale's fake, I think. Is it? I don't think the blue whale in the museum is real. Right. Oh, no, no. I think that is fake. You're right. I think that's like a replica whale, because that would be kind of hard to put that. <laughs> I still don't know how they get cars into side car dealerships,
0: <laughs> let alone how you get a
1: big blue whale inside of the museum. <laughs> yeah, with a rotating door. <laughs> right. like, what are we doing? Here's uh, Jay in Long Beach. JJ, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? All nice right. What's yeah. so, up? Uh,
2: Evan, I got to talk to you about this Nathaniel Hackett idea. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's not a good idea at all. Whatsoever, Why? I think. Well, you think about his past, right? With Aaron, with he had success with Aaron Rodgers, who has he plays outside the offense all the time. We know that Go he's got total control of the line of scrimmage.
1: Okay, he
2: gives all like the hand signals to Devontae Adams that made Devontae's career. And the last assistant, like coach or coordinator, out of Green Bay that was that had a lot of success was Andy Reid or Gruden. You look at the guys like Philbin, McAdoo, Getty,
1: like they... Yeah, but I'm looking at an offensive coordinator, like not just his days in Green Bay. You could look at the success, and it was brief, I admit, in Jacksonville where they win 10 games and Blake Bortles actually looks competent and Kyle Orton had a career season with him at quarterback. Like there's a resume of being a good offensive coordinator besides what happened in Green Bay with an all-time great, and the head coaching thing just doesn't matter. I'm just looking for a guy that knows how to run an offense and the guy's got experience yeah, as now, a coordinator. Jay, also to be fair, Evan, I want to be clear, this is just Evan's uh, a suggestion. This is not being like right, a report. Right. So no, you no, do, I just want to make sure he's, he's not misinterpreting. Jay, and I'm not saying he's my number one choice. He's just one of the many names where I'd say, yeah, that's an upgrade. I mean, he's a proven offensive coordinator who's had success.
2: Yeah. What about um? also, before I give uh, an idea, the the Jaguars had like a top defense that year. And, you know, he had – um.
1: I, I get how Jacksonville got there, but you have to admit, you have to admit, Jay, Blake Bortles, who's like a national joke now, if we ever say the name Bortles, we're making some kind of joke. He had a career season yeah. and got close to a Super Bowl. Yes, they were carried by their defense with Hackett as the OC. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and listen, I, I you know, you, you got to hire the best guy for the job. Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think the fan base would be all that thrilled with it because – most of the fan base is only going to look at what he did unfairly as the head coach of Denver. Um, and I'm not saying you have to appease us with hiring a guy that we want. You obviously have to hire a guy better than the floor, so now you do have to go get a guy who has a proven experience in the capacity as an offensive coordinator. Uh, and also a lot of that might be dictated by, like if you went out and got a Derek Carr, for example, right, a veteran quarterback, Yeah, I think you said it earlier today, the quarterback's going to have some say in the OC or the OC's going to have some say in the quarterback? The OC's going to have say in the quarterback, according right. to Robert Solomon. So if you went out there and got an unproven OC again, why would you give that guy say that's, to who you bring in? Craig, I'm sorry. That's a non-option. I agree. That's what I'm uh, saying. The idea of a you non- got to get a proven guy who's yes. done it. Yes. And then that guy who's been around a few times around the block should have some input so on what are the, we looking for. The Jets and... and I understand there was a tragedy involved here. Greg Knapp passed away a couple years ago, and he was supposed to be a big part of this staff. He was uh, the, the coach that was hit on the bicycle, Yeah, right? and yeah. he was going to be a big part of the staff. But I always think it's risky with a young head coach, a rookie head coach, to surround yourself with other guys who are rookies. To a degree, Brian Dayball brought in a rookie offensive coordinator. But he also brought in a veteran defensive coordinator. And as the Giants begin the playoffs on Sunday, especially with the issues on the right side of the Viking offensive line, what's the strength of the Giants? Their defense. Their pass rush. How many times they blitz. Like, they made a smart decision because a rookie head coach said, hey, let me surround myself with some guys who know what the hell they're doing. This coach didn't do that. Now, it's not too late for him. He's going to get a third year. You got to fix that. So while Nathaniel Hackett may not be the guy that excites everybody, and I understand being turned off by, you know, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers or oh, he sucked as a head coach, but I just want someone with experience, and he has it, and he has some good experience, and someone who's done it before needs to be the offensive coordinator of this team. It's yeah. important to me. Right, listen, I agree. Uh, listen, we're going to be better just off of having a veteran quarterback. Yeah. Right, I mean, so start with that. Now you want you want to double up. You wanna get the veteran quarterback and you wanna get a rock star offensive quarterback. You wanna really Because you have young wide receivers who still need to learn how to play NFL football. No, and you gotta have a quarterback they respect. I don't think they respected Zach Wilson. Now listen, you have had two of our four wide receivers demand the trades. Yeah. Like think about that. That's why this whole story is so laughable to me about oh, they were getting phone calls about LaFleur and they let him go. The New York Jets have had this hardline stance on players requesting trades, yet they ask LaFleur, hey, you want out? Okay, great. We'll let you out. Give me a break. That's not the Jets. No. It's such a lame story they think, put thing about it, if you valued him and thought he was doing a great job, why would you let him leave for a parallel job? It's not as if they were, they came out and parallel said. Parallel job. Excuse or me. Or beneath. Beneath. Right. is not getting a parallel job, no, Craig. I know he's not. I'm saying beneath. the Jets are like other teams inquired about him. Yeah. You wouldn't let him go. That's the point. They're letting him go to take a worse job, and you can make the jokes of, oh, well, Thor wanted to go. Yeah, because he knows he's fired. Right. And I don't, the truth is none of this matters. The point is he's not the OC. It doesn't matter how you got there. But the story that came out last night was laughable. It's a laughable story. Coming up, the Odell Beckham Jr. uh, came out today, and it does not make Odell Beckham look like a good guy at all. And we'll walk you through it and uh, give you maybe some of the audio as well. Uh, from his altercation verbally with uh, another person sitting in first class trying to get home when Odell Beckham would not allow that to happen.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?